0: hello and welcome to episode three of the we call it soccer show i'm walker manning joined by my guy calming presence transfer aficionado he submitted about 20 applications to take woodward's job we're talking about michael faye how you doing today bud
1: doing great doing great uh could be better with the weekend but you know can't complain
0: yeah, we, we all could in in one sport or another, you know, <laughs> but sometimes that's just the way the shit rolls. Yep. All right. So to kick it off, we're going to tell you how we did with gambling last week. Um, we went five for nine on our picks, bad week, bad week, down about 20% on bankroll, but nevertheless, there were some interesting upsets to say the least, and uh some very entertaining games that we are going to learn from going forward. Cause as you told me, as you told me this COVID shit, it's different. We're going to throw all the historical data out the window and we're going to focus on now and what was the second part of last season more for our stats. So first game of the weekend was Everton beating West Bromwich Albion five to two. Um, we had Everton winning this one, but it looked shaky for a little bit. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, it was a it was a little bit um, a little bit frightening for Everton at points. But uh, you know, all in all, they played really, really well. Um, this team is really good. They have the players to compete. Um, they dominated uh, besides the little blips we talked about, but six out of six points from them. Um, the hottest team in Europe. Um, you know, James doing his thing once again, looks like it's going to be a week in, week out thing. Same thing with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, his golden boots getting shined for him already. This guy just can't stop scoring. It's only two weeks, but oh my God, he, he finishes. Um, it's, it's quite astonishing what they did. I mean, they had 13 shots inside the box. And that's tough to do against any Premier League team. And if you're getting that many shots on goal from that good of an area, I think you're going to put some away. Um, and they're doing this without Richarlison being himself. I mean, he's not taking the chances that, you know, an informed Richardson would. And I think when he gets back to that self, they're only going to go another level. And uh, they're, va- they're a very dangerous-looking team uh they're they're very good they're a very good squad from top to bottom and uh but West Brom uh Mm -mm -mm. kind of the exact opposite they're not a very good team they're a very bad team and they're they're just going to go back down they can't defend they lost probably one of their better defenders and Gibbs for three games with a straight red great tactical foul great tactical by Hamas tactician his mind's always working You see Always why he got the
0: red, though, man. He just pushed Thomas in the face. Thomas goes straight down like he got punched by Mike Tyson. Beautiful acting by Thomas. It is Give him an insane. Emmy.
1: Yeah, an Emmy man of the match, Oscar, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, yeah, but Brighton or not Brighton, my bad. Uh, West Brom just not much to be happy about. Not mm-hmm. much to be happy about besides maybe Pereira, who's been playing pretty well for Beautiful them. Free kick. Yeah, absolute time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty much my take on this. What about what? Uh, what do you think on this one?
0: Yeah, uh, Everton looks very good. Uh, they controlled the game for the most part. Um, I, I thought the red card on Gibbs was a little cheap. Like, I know the rules of the rules. You can't touch someone's face, but I'm like, really? Like, they were going to lose, and now, like, you just threw the game out the window. <laughs> and uh, actually, West Brom's manager also received a red this game for a yes. halftime yelling at Mike Odino. Um. yeah he, the audio of that is very funny if you haven't seen it go check it out he, he's basically telling to get away the whole time he doesn't get away he doesn't get away from him and boom red card comes out uh Dominic Calvert-Lewin shined that golden boot but um looking back on it this was I don't want to call it weak because you have to be in the same you have to be in the right position to get these goals but um except for the third header none of them were really like too convincing he's just right place right time but sometimes that's what you need um at the back though both of their mistakes maybe not so much the second one that led to a goal but definitely on the free kick but definitely on the opening goal yeri mina just yeah. let grady take that shot he just backed off him backed off him backed off him put pickford in a bad position so you want to look for him to be more active on that but all in all, like you said, hottest team in Europe. Six points to be gotten, six points they have gotten. Uh, good job by Ancelotti and the boys once again. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next game of the weekend. We started the week two for two. We thought we were going to continue this hot streak. Uh, Leeds United beating Foam four to three. Um, Leeds, they, they, they opened this up quick with a beautiful Elder Costa goal. And then right back at the other end, they gave up a cheap penalty on a rather stupid tackle that um, I believe I believe Ailing or Koch got it drawn on them, one of the right-sided defenders on the team. But um, soon after that, Klitsch slots away a nice penalty on another cheap penalty by Fulham. So we got a theme here. There's some problems at the back for both. Um, and then in the second half, Leeds really started to open it up. Patrick Bamford got a beautiful ball by Klitsch in this. Beautiful ball. It was finesse. And Patrick just puts it away. He's on my fantasy team too, so shout out him. Um, and then Elder Costa bags up the brace. And that's when I thought the game was over, but no. No, 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 no. Double sub. Bobby Reed and Cabano come in for Fulham. And they score two goals within five minutes. Um, The read goal was a product of Leeds trying to play out the back. Bad turnover, easy goal because they're wide open and the left back was nowhere to be found. Um, Mitrovic goal, uh, Koch, real bad game from him. He got fucking mossed, absolutely done up. Um, They got to clean that up at the back for Leeds. But this game was just so fun to watch all – 22 players even the goalies were sprinting for 90 fucking minutes these guys have three lungs the announcer even even gave him a little shout out for the fitness i definitely think leeds is one of the fittest teams in the premier league but uh, they do have some problems at the back and um on fulham's side uh it's nice to see that they woke up and responded down four-one. That that can never be a bad thing, even though they didn't get the result. It shows they chose to have some resolve and some some nuts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have liked to see a better performance from Alphonse Areola. Uh, if you spend that money on your goalkeeper, you want him to pull at least one save out of his ass. And anytime Leeds had an open shot on him, the guy was like Swiss cheese in the net.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I'm... Um... Uh, I'm going to say I was more impressed with Fulham's than, Fulham than I was uh, with Leeds here. It's – Fulham, they got three goals, some that they couldn't do last time out. They got shut out. The That's good for them. You know, they might be starting to click. This may be turning a corner for um, Mitrovic. Great header uh, and put away a pen. But um, Leeds, I – the way they play is fun. It's exciting. It's great to watch. And it'll win them games, but it's not sustainable. They can't keep going every week, no matter who they play, playing this type, because number one, the better teams will do what you're doing and do it better than you and beat you. And then the worst teams will have their managers trying to figure out something to combat that and then leave you guys wide open. And then they'll figure out ways. And from what I've seen so far, I know it's only two games, but does not look like they have a plan B. Um, you know, they got the win. Most important thing, any game you play, three points is three points, no matter what way you cut it. And uh, But I just think uh, they can't keep playing this way if they want to have a shot at top ten. Um, Fulham, you know, like I said, I was more impressed with them. They got the goals that they needed. Should be a confidence boost. They beat, They were close to a team that is better than them, without a doubt, and they played them pretty well. Um, they did just sign a center back, Marlone. Uh, so maybe the defense gets a little bit of help there. Um, yeah, and Ariola, yeah, he needs to uh, play better, play better. I'm pretty sure he's he's on a loan deal, right? <laughs> I mean, the way this Fulham team. Yeah, season team...
0: long. Yep, yeah, long okay. for the season.
1: Yeah, so the way this Fulham team plays, I am 100% convinced that PSG only sent him there to get shots at him to make sure that he could take at least 10 shots on cage a game. And uh, you know, it's proven to be a smart plan so far. And if he shows up and plays to what he can, uh, to the ability in which he can play, I think uh, Fulham have a good goalie this season and that'll help him snag some points here and there. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Good goalie play is Definitely a game changer for any team. Um, As, as for leads. um, I think, it would do them good to get knocked out of the FA Cup. They've already are knocked out of the League Cup. I don't really know how I feel about the squad depth here. Probably not good. Uh, them losing Ben White is going to keep showing up for for Brighton and for Leeds in positive and negative ways. But, um, yeah, they they definitely can't do this against the better teams. But uh, I, I think against most teams, uh, this is, this is going to work. All right. Um, You have to talk about this. There's no choice. Manchester United won Crystal Palace 3.
1: Take it away. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, All right. Uh,
0: Okay. Uh, I'll I'll kick it off. I'll kick it (laughs) off. Um, I was actually able to watch the entirety of this game, and uh, on the stat sheet, United won the possession battle and the corner battle, but that's about it. Everything else was pretty even. Shots, shots on Cade, dangerous chances. You know, Palace got a little lean there. But um, the big red flag for me, and I I, I don't think I'm ever going to bet on a Manchester United game before I see the lineups, was that lineup. That lineup was ridiculous. Um, If if you could shed some light as to why Aaron Wan-Bissaka didn't play too much. or He didn't play at all. He didn't play at all don't understand that. Um, Mixed sauce is okay, but I don't like that, especially when he signed Van de Beek. And the reddest of flags had to be Daniel James at right wing over Mason Greenwood or pretty much anyone else. I, I really don't care. Um, they weren't creative with the ball whatsoever. Uh, Rashford and Tony, I thought, played like poop. They were just trying to do some skill moves on the wing and the, the top of the box, and they turned the ball over a number of times. And um, Manchester United just did not look menacing at all when they had the ball. And that was in stark contrast to Crystal Palace, who every time they broke on Man United looked like there was a chance they were going to score. And um, Wolf Saha, man of the match by far, what a game by him doing it to his old club. Uh, That third goal, the dagger, he just sunned. He just sunned. Who was on him on that?
1: Lindelof. Yeah,
0: know. Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof played a really bad game. He was directly yeah. responsible, I think, for two goals. Maybe all the third. Three. I'm not too. Sh- all, all three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. that that wasn't good. But um, that third girl goal, goals, just you know, weight room, turn around, <laughs> bottom of the net. It was nice. It was nice. So um, good three points from Palace. I don't know if I'm really sold on them being able to play like this a lot. Probably just some old club rivalry you know zaha got extra extra up for that game and uh i'd like you to shed some light on what Ali was thinking with this lineup and what's going uh,
1: on but yeah well um juan wasaka wasn't in because he had to quarantine uh he trained in dubai for his vacation and uh england has a 14-day quarantine period for that so i think Ali said he only trained three days with the team so it wasn't enough for him to uh get as any minutes in this match. But um, yeah, everything else he said, the rest of the lineup choices, I mean, first it was a terrible game from United, almost all the way around. Scott McTominay was terrible. He's not a center defensive mid. He's a box-to-box player. Playing him as a holding midfielder is one of the worst things United can do. He ran around with no purpose whatsoever. He is the worst person to play in that position. United's roster I mean what Fred was fit didn't play Matic fit didn't play I, I don't know what that was there i I just can't even explain that one it was ridiculous Victor Lindelof what the hell what the hell you're responsible for all three goals <laughs> and played the worst game you ever had I don't care if it was Pee Wee, youth league Sunday league professional worst game you have ever played mm. kicking a ball I, I don't care. Um, all three goals, your fault. I mean, you played so bad that you made the $80 million fridge standing next to you look decent that game. Um, I Manchester United spent 80 million great British pounds for a captain who has spent more nights in jail than man of the match performances that he has put on for this club. Stripped him of the band. Keep him on the bench until his trial is cleared up Because I am oh done God. He needs to clear his head Get back to thinking about football and football only He is not my captain He has never been a United captain He should never, ever be one again I'm done with him I don't want to hear any of this Top three defense in Europe last year Third most clean sheets since last year This year we're 0-1 We lost to Crystal Palace I don't want to hear none that None that <sighs> uh, And then Dan James <laughs> I mean, and James. I don't want to speak much on him because Sancho is going to come and take your spot and he can fuck off to the bench. You're, <laughs> you're the biggest waste of space. You're Welsh Sonic out on the right. All you can do is run straight. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're doing. Luke Shaw, terrible United game. Probably his worst United shirt that I can remember. <clears throat> um, Timothy Fosu-Mensa, thanks for recruiting uh, Van de Beek to the team. He you know, did a really good job there, but he did terrible on the pitch. Can't wait to have Juan Basaka back. And then, <laughs> I mean, that back line. Bruno Fernandez was our best defender that game. Our attacking wow. midfielder was our best defender. He hustled more than anyone. Got back, made tackles, did what he needed to do to try and help this team win. And even Superman coming in here, like he's been for this team, couldn't get it done. <laughs> Pogba. I don't even know, man. You got to play better. Get involved in the game. Play the passes that were known for you playing, those long diagonal balls, those quick ones. Use your skill. Like, get around people. Be the guy that everyone knows you can be, that won a World Cup with France, that won a Europa League with Mourinho. Be that guy because you can be that guy, and we need you to be that guy. Rashford, are you hurt? Is your back still hurting? I I don't know. Like, you're playing like it you need to get your confidence up and be one of the brightest talents in the world that can lead this next generation De Gea, good game you know a little bit of positive um you saved a penalty that unfortunately VAR is the stupidest thing ever introduced in Oh professional yeah. sports was,
0: mm, so, i don't um, like that at all
1: yeah so you got you got unlucky there you almost got the second one you almost saved the first goal i mean i can't complain from you <clears throat> you shouldn't have had to make a save on the last shot either lindelof just got absolutely hosed around so good for you uh then ollie 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 thank you for pointing out how many holes this team has and forcing the worst executives in this game to go and make some deals you got donny vanderbeek who solid scored on his debut you look pretty good in his cameo i mean he hasn't really missed with transfers outside of mcguire in my opinion so keep it up Thank you for making this a pressing problem known to everyone in the world that you need players. And finally, Ed Woodward, Matt Judge, Joel Glazer, and Avaram Glazer, you guys suck. You're blood-sucking leeches that will run <laughs> the biggest club in the world to the ground if you don't change. No one's, <laughs> upset, money. No one's upset you're making money. Keep making money. You're great at getting sponsored. You're great at doing business deals. You're great at doing all that stuff. But how do businesses get better? They invest money into their business and keep it a competitor in their market. You love money from making the Champions League. Could you imagine if you won? You love money from getting top four. Imagine if you won the Premier League. I can guarantee you, I don't know the numbers, but I can guarantee you winning the Champions League or winning a Premier League is better than getting knocked out in the round of 16 or finishing fourth. Get this Tellers deal done. Sign Sancho sooner rather than later. Bring in Macano or Ruben Diaz to play next to these waste dudes that we have back here at center back. I'm on my knees. Like, I beg. I beg. Just give one single fuck about this team, and you will not regret it. You will make your prize money back. You will get new sponsors, better sponsors, bigger sponsors. Act like the biggest club in the world because you are. Please. And wow. Palace played well. You know, dominated for 90 minutes when they only had 23 minutes of the ball. And uh, that's all I have to say about them. Good job.
0: Wow that um that was emotional. That was that was analytical, and I, I loved every second of it. Um, it's like a weight so off my So tell us, tell us, uh, is that a done deal right now?
1: Um, nothing's or? a done deal with this executive branch. Right. But uh, I like at that. Least Fabrizio said it's uh, pretty close. Okay, uh, they so it's probably, Okay. Yeah. I think personal right. terms are agreed, so somewhere. they always are. They always are, yeah. aren't they? Sancho, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I, I forgot about Luke Shaw. He he did not look good at all. But hopefully, you guys will get in that patched up sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, one can hope. All right, enough on enough ranting about Man United. Yeah, I'm glad you got to get that off your chest. Sound like you needed it. I did. Um, next, we got Arsenal two. West Ham United, David Moyes won. Um, This game was very back and forth. Although Arsenal dominated possession 62% to 38%, West Ham had 14 shots compared to Arsenal 7 with the same amount of shots on target. Again, with West Ham, lots of boofs, six shots off target, five block shots, and uh, they created three big chances and missed two. Arsenal put away both their big chances, so that's what made the difference in the game. Um, The first goal, wonderful ball played in to Aubameyang down the left side, cutting inside a little bit. That's what he loves to do. And then he just places it over the back line, is that easy goal, easy, easy goal. But then on the other side, about 20 minutes later, right before the first half ended, Michael Antonio gets a beautiful cross in from Ryan Fredericks. It's, uh, it's, it was FIFA-esque, that, that, that RBX ball. Michael Antonio just bodies him out, finishes it. Nice goal, nice goal. Looks like he's going to pick it up. But after that, it, um, West Ham had a lot of chances on the break. West Ham had a lot, a lot of chances on the break, and they just weren't able to put them away. I think they actually played better than Arsenal and could have at least gotten a point out of this game. But in the 80th minute, it all fell apart. 85th minute, it all fell apart for West Ham. Uh, Eddie Nketiah was able to get the winner narrowly on sides. Very close call, but a good call by VAR giving them the goal because that was a goal. And um, they, Arsenal Arsenal's able to get another three points out of this. Six points to get, six points got for Arsenal. Um, Mikel Arteta's team looks good. They look organized. Um, but... I still think they need to sign some new players in the back. Um, on the first goal, though, Gabriel was ball-watching. He was ball-watching, ball-watching. He didn't do anything to prevent that, so that's not a good sign, but only a second game, so I'm not going to freak out. And um, who was next to him, though? Who was next? Uh,
1: was it Holding? Rob
0: Holding. Yeah, Rob yeah. Holding. Yeah, that guy got mm. – I I did not like how he played at all. He doesn't look very good. No, Your take?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, Biggest thing again, Arsenal getting the three points here. Um, Like you said, they controlled possession the whole game. Um, But, I mean, West Ham, like you said, had more big chances. They hit the poster bar more than Arsenal. They had more counterattacks, more shots inside and outside the box, more shots in general. And uh, I think Arsenal in a way, is lucky to have gotten out of here with three points. Um, You know, two big chances missed, and that was the difference in the game. Arsenal did not miss any of their big chances, and they had two goals, and they created two. So, um, Arsenal didn't play particularly well, in my opinion. They were organized. You do see the bright spots. You do see what Arteta is trying to put into his player's head, that idea, that system which is good. That's always good. If you can see that even through games where you're not playing up to your standard. And, uh, I mean, Gabrielle, yeah, the ball watching, but other than that, I think he played pretty solid. I think Arsenal small found someone who can be that rock in the middle, especially as he gets older, as he gets better. Um, and then another guy who I really like Danny Ceballos, I think he had a really good game. I think he controlled the center. Um, I think him and Xhaka make a good partnership, so to speak. They complement each other well. So there were some good things to see from Arsenal in this game. Um, West Ham, I, they created shots, not many on target, um, but they got to be more clinical. They have to be more clinical if they want to get points in this league. And this, this was a game they very well could have taken points from. And I think they have to walk away disappointed that they didn't draw or even win this game, given the amount of uh, chances that they did have. But, you know, um, Arsenal won, West Ham lost. And that's kind of how, you know, people would expect it to go. But I don't think the game went how people think it should have went. And promising for Arsenal that they were able to win a game like that, like I said, not playing – all that well but uh yeah i think west ham's got to be kicking themselves after this one
0: yeah for for sure because i i really don't think west ham is is a bad team they Mm -hmm. created many chances and they just need to put them away the one that stands out the most to me was um i think it was i want to say it was Issa diop in the box he got a ball right in front of the goalie. I, I know I'm, I have bricks for feet and I could never even play in a Sunday league in any any sense of a good good way. But dude, he bends down like all the way down and tries to head it and it's just weak as hell. It was weak <laughs> as hell, it just makes no sense what you try to do with it. Take a touch, try and get it on your feet. Uh, it could have been 2-1 West Ham at that point. But, uh, you know, that, that was the story of the night. They're not clinical. Not clinical enough at all.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, next game on the weekend, Tottenham 5, Southampton 2. Um, this one, another disappointing performance from Southampton because on paper, they controlled possession. They shot more. They had more shots on target. And they even led the game in corners – and yellow cards because you know any good team is going to foul you a bunch. It's part of the game, but they were not menacing at all. I don't care what those stats say. They I didn't. They were not dangerous at all. Uh, Spurs started off slow in the first half, but um, they were able to pick it up in the second. And West Ham playing that high line that Ralph wants them to play, uh, they don't have the back line to do it. Young Ming was out there tearing them up. Harry Kane was placing beautiful balls in every time. Four easy goals for Son. Um, West Ham, uh, they opened up the scoring and got a consolation penalty at the end. But for the majority of the game, again, that midfield looks like it's going to be a real problem. They have no playmakers playing dangerous passes to get it up to Danny Ings enough. And Danny Ings needs to be more clinical himself. Um, Don't want to forget about mentioning Tengai Ndobelay. Mourinho, we thought he hated his guts. You can't hate his guts after that move. He absolutely bodies Armstrong and one other Southampton player. Beautiful turn. Plays it down to Kane. Kane to Son. That was the first one. And that same system was how they scored all their goals, just playing those long balls over the top. And uh, it was really disappointing to see Southampton not adjust whatsoever and for me to see more of what, uh lost them the game to palace the week before uh this team looks like a team in trouble. This team looks like a team that needs help, and uh Ralph has gotta realize sooner rather than later that you're probably just not good enough to play like this
1: yeah, I agree uh I think you hit the nail on the head with those um yeah Southampton looks i don't didn't yeah they look bad, I mean they control possession. But like you said, they got to realize that they're not good enough. They don't have those guys who can pull something out of nothing and just give it to Ings on a last-ditch effort and, oh, he's in on goal. They don't have that guy that can make magic. Um, good news for them, though. I mean, Ings got his two goals, uh, so he did better than last week. He put the penalty away nicely. Um, so that's, I would say, is the lone bright spot from them. Uh, and then spurs like you said son man on fire kane man on fire it's they played off off the chain and uh i think actually um spurs i know all the goals happened but i think they played a little bit better once and Dombley came off the pitch uh for um loselso so i do think uh loselso should be starting on this team because you can see what he does for them offensively. I just think their whole mood kind of changed when he came in. will um, had a solid day between the sticks, gave up two goals, one of them pen. Can't fault him. Did his job, though. Um, and another thing for Spurs is you had another disappointing outing from Lucas Mara. Um mm-hmm. Didn't really do much not offering anything. He's not that guy that won them the Champions League semifinal anymore. And Spurs fan, whether good or bad news to you, I know this guy coming in is great news, but Moore going to the bench, I don't know how you feel. Gareth Bale slots right in to where Moore has been playing. And he's going to come take that right-hand side and be and be one of the best in the league at it. So Spurs are only going to get better. Um, and then they also have Leone coming in to replace Ben Davies, who also played pretty badly, I would think. And, uh, yeah, Spurs, it's only looking up from here. It's only looking up, and uh, this is a good come-from-behind win uh, for them. So, good job. Good job with Southampton. I don't think our prediction of uh, a top-10 finish for them will be in the cards. Really disappointing. They
0: they look really, really bad. They – they need to get their shit together, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zone, so, no. though. Clinical. Clinical. If he was on West Ham, game changer, man. He's game a, changer. The, and the only one he missed, it was called back for offside. So he maybe he missed that on purpose. Like, no, I'm off. I don't even want this one. I don't even want this yeah, one.
1: Why bother? The other it.
0: four. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Next. Ugh. Oh. Before I say this, fuck you, Aaron Connolly. You didn't <laughs> need that third goal. You fucked the under two and a half. Um, but, gonna be honest, I thought that was messed up from the beginning. We're talking about Brighton three, Newcastle United zero. Mopai puts a penalty away in the fourth minute. I just wanna talk about this for a second. Uh, Philip Lampetti, I think that's Tariq Lampetti. Um, he yeah. is a beast going down the right wing. He's a beast tracking back defensively. Uh, so was Marsh on the other side, but Petty even more so. Um, he cuts in. I wouldn't say he does St. Maximin because he doesn't really do him, but St. Maximin tracks back, makes a boneheaded, lazy ass slide tackle, gives up a easy penalty. And, you know, might be a good thing that he got hurt for Newcastle because these opening two games were trash for him. Um, and then not even three minutes later, Neil Maupai puts away a very nice goal in the corner of the net. Can't really do anything about that. I mean, yeah, I don't think many keepers, if any, are saving that. But then afterwards, it got more brighton newcastle Before halftime, there were three yellow cards on Newcastle because they were just fouled the shit out of them, could not compete. Newcastle realized they're just the worst team on the field. And Connolly was, uh, not Connolly. Brighton was going at them all day. Connolly was actually going at him all day. He could have had many goals before this third goal that he scored. He had the same shot about maybe five times. And then, you know, he's going to put it away. He's going to put it away eventually. Yeah. Um, That Newcastle back line really scared me again. They don't look good at all. And uh, John Joe Shelby, he looks like he may have lost a step. And uh, Isaac Hayden, his partner in the midfield, um, played really, really bad. Uh Brighton, though, they look like a talented team. I like their midfield. they control the ball well up top. they have dangerous players in Malpai Connolly, troussard um but Marsh and Limpetti really won the day for me. uh they're looking like they could be a top fullback wing back partnership in the league if they can keep this up, both extremely dangerous going forward and great track of back as well. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Brighton looked really good to start this season off. Um, I even thought they looked pretty good last week in the loss. But um, if they keep this up, there's no shot that they'll be in any sort of relegation battle. Um, you know, they could probably finish around that mid-table spot. So that would be huge for um, Brighton. And like you said, Lampetti, that kid, he's a future star in this league. I think as early as next summer or around there sometime after, you could see him move to a big six team or maybe even a move abroad. because He's just that good. Won five duels, made four interceptions. Drew a pen. great day for him. Great day. Maupai, um, really good two goals, like you said. Just really good all around from Brighton. Newcastle just outclassed outclassed um didn't even deserve to be on this pitch just when you miss your only big chance of the game you don't play well enough to get a point and this result is a fair representation of how the game went i think just really good brighton fielding a very young lineup 24 years of age the average so mm-hmm. future's looking good for um potter's silky seagulls but uh we'll see we'll see i mean oh yeah and, the uh, Brighton red card. That <laughs> that was ridiculous. I yeah. can't believe that even had to go to VAR. Yeah. Straight bottom of the cleat to the face.
0: Yeah. I don't <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. know. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, he tried to take him out with that.
1: Yeah.
0: He'll he'll be missing next game, but um, I think Volana <laughs> can fill in there. Yeah. Tomorrow, so I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game on the weekend. Chelsea zero. Liverpool two. Saw Keppa play like a asshole again and some football tackles. What do you think about this game?
1: Yeah, uh Keppa sucks. Good thing Mendy's uh done according to Fabrizio. So they're gonna have a goalkeeping battle uh at Stanford Bridge. So that'll be fun to see, Um, Christensen. What are you doing? Like I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Keppa would have got that ball. I know it's Keppa. Can't really trust him to do anything. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, smart, I guess. But I think he would have got there. That's just a dumb red. Hurt your team. You're missing the next game. Hopefully, Thiago will be ready to go, or else uh, Chelsea's backline is going to get even weaker going into next week. Yeah, Kai Havertz again, non existent. What are you doing? 100 million pounds down the drain. Like, I just, he needs to show up more, I think, for this Chelsea side. Um, Timo Werner, you know, flopped, drew a pen, good dive. Um, Jorginho missed it. So, yeah, uh, but Liverpool, Sadio Mane played a great game, you know, bag two. So, his high press is outstanding his hard work got him his goal one of his goals so good for them uh allison also played really well i just think this liverpool team uh they showed up when they needed to show up uh chelsea did not and i think that's gonna be a big problem for chelsea moving forward um frank's gonna have to figure out to get these boys motivated get these boys going you know maybe it is Missing Pulisic, missing uh, Ziyech. Maybe those two guys are key. Missing Thiago in the back. Maybe that is the key, but right now, bright. I think Brighton played pretty well against Chelsea last week. So, And then Liverpool obviously played well against them uh, this past match. I think they need to figure it out and figure it out fast. They're not in the same boat as United by any stretch, but they need to figure it out if they want to uh, play at the level they're capable of and kudos to liverpool you know they got it done when they needed to get it done uh thiago came in great debut set a record for uh the most passes by anyone in a half playing 45 minutes uh completed more passes than anyone on the chelsea team only playing one half so it just shows you how dominant liverpool were against this side and um you know uh yeah i think it, it was a pretty fun game to watch though you know good two good teams going at it but yeah that's my take on it
0: yeah definitely a fun game to watch especially i mean not if you're a chelsea fan though if you're a chelsea fan like you you gotta take some xanax and start drinking before you watch this team play because keppa is a he's an asshole he's he's an asshole bro i don't know how to describe that uh he gave away a cheap ass goal to sadio Omane and um Christensen, before he got sent off, actually made a great heads-up play because Kepa um, – I, I guess Frank was spamming the Y button or some shit. Yeah. Keppa runs out to the side of the box, like hesitates before he gets there, and um, a <laughs> beautiful cross played in, and Christensen, just in the nick of time, gets back in the goal where, I don't know, your goalie should be. Yeah, um, That was terrible. Uh, Kai Havertz, Frank doesn't know what to do with him right now. I think he's going to get better as the season progresses, but – they're going to have to shift around the formation and everything. I think his best role is in a 10. I know you don't see a ton of those nowadays, but it looks like he doesn't look comfortable at nine. He doesn't look comfortable out wide. He, he you know, he needs someone else to play those balls off him with speaking of someone else, to play those balls off of um, Timo Werner. Uh, he had a good game, not a great game because he had he had his chances and he hesitated a little bit tried to put moves on this on this uh, back line interesting back line though virgil and fabinho but he tried to put moves on some of the best defenders in the world and uh you can't hesitate like that in the premier league if you have a step on somebody take that step and fire it with your other foot it might be his weak foot but if you're going to play nine for chelsea you gotta have two feet at the end of the day no ifs I completely agree with your Tiago assessment. He had an excellent day. Not only did he complete more passes than anybody else in the half, he passed 90% and his long balls, which I was most impressed with, 10 for 12. Wow. Amazing. Dynamic yeah. player. Dynamic player. And um, they got the speed on the wings to be able to really kill people with that. And not to mention Trent and Andy bombing up there. Uh, he looks like he's a great addition to the team. Um I don't know whose spot he takes right away, but he's taken someone's spot, if not next game, like within the month, I think. Liverpool look really, really good. Um, But at the same time, Chelsea, like they look better than I thought they would down a man, if that's anything to take away from the game. I thought this was going to get ugly after the red card, but it didn't. Uh, So some takeaways for Chelsea that are good I thought it was really funny though um Fabrizio broke the news about Mendy getting signed like literally <laughs> directly after Kepa was like fucked up <laughs> I don't know I don't know if Arnautovic was just in the booth like fuck these negotiations man like nah what do chat. you want get him in yeah yeah so really came to a bowling point with him
1: yeah
0: Kappa, kappa, kappa. he just looks like a lost puppy it's he does sad, right? almost.
1: Yeah, going from one of the most touted keepers in the world, you know, the heir to Spain's throne, to this, it's a, it's been a fall Be, from grace.
0: Good for David de Gea that he has Jordan Henderson to compete with at United because if he's competing with nobody and then nobody, like it, it just wasn't. But I think you know Dino would give him the kick in the ass that he needed. That yeah. Spain spot is his for years to come. Looks yeah. like. Thanks, Keppa all right next game on the weekend we got leicester city four burnley two um this game you know it was was one of the games we got wrong it it went a lot different than i thought it would have went chris woods gets the opening goal and um i thought after that all right boys let's pack it in let's park this bus but Another thing where I'm going to blame the lineups, no James Tarkovsky. Should have read into that more. Um, he, apparently, he makes a massive difference on this team because uh, Lester's first goal by Harvey Barnes, it was Lester had the ball in, um, in Burnley's penalty box for like solid, like five, 10 minutes. It, it was bad, bad, bad defending. They should have got it out of there way, way before that. Um, and then from there, Burnley letting in an own goal, and then James Justin put in the dagger in the 61st minute. Uh, Burnley were able to score one back by Jimmy Dunn in the 72nd, but quickly nullified by Dennis Pryat putting away the fourth for Leicester. Um, this was not a good def- uh, performance by Burnley. Uh, you know, they, they sat back, they played on the counter, and were able to create a decent amount of shots on Cage. However, they mo- they missed both of their big chances in the game. You can't do that and expect to get any type of points in the Premier League. But I think they're going to improve when Tarkovsky gets back because he is a menace in the box, in both boxes. He, he's a great defender, and um, he gets the ball at, on the headers, and he, and he scores. They were actually missing Ben Mee as well. So both of their starting center backs, I think, were out. So that's, that's never good. Lester, though. Another game with no James Madison to start and another dominating performance. Uh it looks they, they look good. They look good. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh real quick, right before we uh jump into my take, uh West Ham just had David Moyes, Issa Diop, and uh Josh Cullen test positive for COVID nineteen. So oh the you I don't know if they had it during the game when they played if they did that could be huge um, and a butterfly effect for the rest of the league uh, that's just some big breaking news uh, Damn it, Arsenal. The, yeah yeah thanks oh, Arsenal.
0: thanks Arsenal. classic probably Absolute gave it classic. to probably, could, Arteta probably planted it in the in the grass
1: yeah <laughs> but yeah that that could see a that could have some big ramifications around the league so, um, hopefully it doesn't. You know, soccer's back. We love it. And yeah, uh, hopefully these guys heal up and heal up quick. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Hopefully
0: they didn't affect any other teams, man. That would really stink if it had to be a pause in the action for a few teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really would. Um, but to the Burnley, um, Burnley-Leicester game, I think, you know, did not go. As you said, did not go as anyone would have guessed in a million years, a six goal game with Burnley being involved. Unheard of,
0: <laughs> Unheard yes, it's of. against city, man. Nah, nah, I don't, I don't see that's happening. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, Nick Pope didn't play well at all. I mean, he, uh, conceded, um, <clears throat> conceded four goals only made three saves. So not a good day in the office for him. Uh, you know Lester did look good Harvey Barnes he looked pretty good um but like you said lineups are huge huge especially with no fans you know uh replacement players can't get the fans behind them to put in a shift but um yeah i think burnley definitely uh definitely would have benefited from having a full strength back line in um that definitely could have helped them out but you know I was surprised the way the game went to not see Jamie Vardy get anything. Uh, you know, normally, Lester's scoring. He's the guy behind it. So I think that's really good for Lester, being that they can score four, put four past a good defensive team without Vardy having to do it all. So I think that's a real promising sign for him. Uh, needed this win. Good win. Game they should have won. So good job, Lester. Uh, Burnley, I think unlucky that uh they didn't have a full strength team out there but it is what it is you got to play the games when it's time to kick off so yeah yeah you gotta
0: play with who you got at the end of the day and that's gonna be the case with a bunch of these teams a Bunch mm-hmm. of teams have multiple competitions people are gonna go down people like west and for him are gonna get coronavirus and yeah you just gotta buckle up and keep playing you know yep all right um Next, we got Aston Villa beating Sheffield United 1-0. I wasn't able to catch much of this game. So, um, what well, what'd you think?
1: Um, you know, I think the stats really do say it all for this game. Um, domination by Villa, uh, 71% of the ball. They had 18 shots to Sheffield's four, but only two of them were on target. So, I mean, domination, but not efficiency. Yeah, no. So they definitely dominated on the stat sheet and in game. They had zero big chances, still managed to come out of here with the points. Sheffield, though,
0: drastic Mm -hmm. change.
1: Drastic change year over year. What a turn. Um, I guess Henderson really was huge for this team. I mean, Ramsdale's a huge downgrade. Absolutely just not good. So losing a top-class keeper like that will definitely hurt you. But I do think that um, Chris Wilder, I think he needs to do something with this team. I mean, not good. Not good. Um, you know, they did have a, a penalty saved. So what are you going to do? But, score yeah. it.
0: Yeah. You got <laughs> to.
1: Yeah, I know. It's right there for you to score. So, yeah, I guess it's something they could do. They definitely could have scored it, but um, they didn't. And that came back to haunt them. But all in all, even though Villa couldn't put shots on Cage, really, they deserved this win. They got this win. And uh, not looking good for Sheffield. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you look at the fixtures. If you're Villa, you're thinking, this is a game we might be able to get points out of. And Sheffield thinking, this is a game we will get points out of. So for that Uh, result to happen, 1-0 to Villa is monumental for that Villa side, and uh, I think they'll carry on this momentum. It'll be huge for them. Sheffield needs to figure it out. They need to figure it real quick.
0: Yeah, Sheffield do need to figure it out. Um, I I got a theory on them, though. This is actually the first full season that they're going to be inherently cursed for reasons we will not disclose, so I think they already had the momentum last year. Something happened and we know what it is, but something happened and now they're uh I think they're slated for relegation. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Curses are curses and um miss penalties or miss penalties. Yeah. Uh, also didn't help that, that early red card by John Egan. Um could could Villa have scored on that chance or was it unnecessary? What do you think?
1: Um I don't know. I don't know. Not yeah. It's it's again like Giving the shots on
0: target, you know.
1: Yeah. You can and which is the way that uh they are set up and the refereeing set up. It's like you think something's a foul, but it's not. You think something isn't a foul apparently it is. You think your goalkeeper's on the line, but I guess he's not. So mm. it's just stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, it came back. Came back and it bit him.
0: Mm. All right. Next game on the slate, I've never been happier to lose money. Uh, Wolves won, Manchester City three. Absolute fucking domination, man. I couldn't have been more happy with this team. John Stones looked really, really good. So did Nathan Ackie. They both looked really, really good. They they were passing the ball back and forth. No, no hesitation, fuck-ups, nothing like that. Kyle Walker, I know I've called you an asshole, and I will not stop calling you an asshole until we see this Champions League season, but... Good job out there, buddy. You you look dangerous. Um, Ben Mendy, still a bit of an asshole. He's definitely lost it. Too much injuries. I I mean, it kind of sucks because he he used to be very talented, but I just don't see it anymore out of him. Uh, Rodri and Fern played great. Uh, We we changed out the formation a little bit, so they were more holding together because Fernandinho's lost his step, and Rodri just isn't Fernandinho of old. So maybe they split those responsibilities and it looks a lot better. Also, it frees up Kevin De Bruyne to do his thing. He was doing his thing all day. Great game from him. What a goal on the penalty. You know, that's a struggle for some people. Phil Foden also had a nice goal, along with Gabby Jesus. Uh, Raheem Sterling didn't do much anything, but he didn't boof any tap-ins. So, I'm good with that. Um, Wolves tried to sit in and play their, you know, counter-attacking thing. But, uh... At the end of the day, they just did not look dangerous at all when they had the ball. Man City was able to win it back rather quickly whenever they had it. And um, it was just a good, clean win by Man City. Jimenez made it 1-2 in the 78th, but from watching the game, like I wasn't very worried about that at all because you know we, we just controlled the ball the whole time, 66%, 14 shots, 9 on cage three for three big chances created only one missed that's uh that's good for man city because we create a lot of big chances and we usually can't put them all away um wolves uh what are you gonna do it's it's a more talented team fc portugal couldn't get it done today but don't write them off on the year they're still a talented squad fernando marsal he went down and he was part of uh man city's embarrassment against olympic leon so maybe if he stays up to have the keys to get this done not too likely though on all, all very impressive debut from man city and uh just, just good play all around ferran torres got his debut uh pretty late into the game so he was only to pass able to pass the ball once but it was accurate that's 100 percent passing on the day so good job to him
1: your thoughts yeah, um, like you said, domination by City. Wolves really didn't have a chance in this game, even though it was only one score uh, after Raul Jimenez's goal, which, by the way, had Podence straight through the Bruyne's legs. Wonderful nutmeg to a great cross. So that was a really good goal. Um, you know, a goal that deserves points, but unfortunately they couldn't get it. Um, and I'm going to say it, I don't think it's a coincidence uh, that Wolves scored the exact minute that the wonder kid, Fabio Silva came on to the pitch. Uh, he wasn't involved in the goal at all, bear in mind, didn't touch the ball, but he was on the field. And I think that speaks volumes to this guy's talent. He influences the game even when he's not influencing it. So, um, yeah, but uh, other than that, you know, City, being City, um, you know, Jesus getting his garbage goal at the end. It's a normal day, normal day for City Wolves. Just ran up against a better team.
0: And uh, Adama still doesn't look hundred percent. I thought he got surgery on his shoulder in the off season. Either he's a superhuman and can heal <laughs> in record amounts of time, or he he didn't get surgery. I don't know. I need to look more into that. But he he didn't look like Adama the other day. He he should have been bombing down that right. Putting Mendy in a in a bind all day, and he really, he really was nowhere to be found. If I'm being honest. All right, that does it for last weekend's games. That's what we thought about them, and now we have some transfers to talk about. Um, any any anyone
1: that you want to start with? Um. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's start with um. Tottenham. You know, last time we we're on the show, we were saying these deals are close. Um, That it was for Relay that it was 50 50 with United and uh, that bail was a possibility. But um, fast forward a week later, what do you know? A club actually doing deals in a timely manner and not drawing it out three, four months, like a certain club that wears red. But Mm -hmm. yeah, great business from him. This definitely improves Spurs' team. Uh, Bail outright. I think he's going to return to old bail religion at left back. We saw what he can do in the Europa League. Was a big part of Sevilla's success. Um, I think they got a really good player. Uh, I believe the the Bale deal is a season long loan, and there is no obligation to buy. However, his agent has said that they are already thinking about staying a season past uh, this one and extending his stay. Whether that be uh, touched upon with Madrid and Spurs like recent or coming soon or after the deal is actually done. We don't know. And then the Relicione deal, I believe was for 30 million with a buyback clause. And um, the buyback clause, I think was 35. So basically Tottenham are getting Relicione on a loan for, they don't know how long. And then Madrid are basically paying 5 million for a loan when he inevitably goes back to his dream club in a couple of years. So good deals for him really going to help bolster this squad. And, uh, I like what they're doing with the incoming players, but departing players, it looks like Delhi Alley will be on his way out of Tottenham. So.
0: Yeah. I heard PSG's got some interest
1: in that. Any tried on those tires? Um, everything's kind of new with him. Um, even though replacements for Delhi Alley are already being lined up, uh, PSG was a name that was thrown out there, you know, as they always are. United was a name that was thrown into the hat, not going to happen. They're just getting another Lingard, which they would sell to like, just not going to happen. They're just there because they're United. Um, Madrid was also another one. It was speculated that he would have been going the other way in a permanent bail deal. So stuff to look out for, uh, with them, uh, Spurs doing some good business late in the transfer window and, uh, Good on them. Good on them. Uh, you you like their moves? What do you think about what they've done?
0: Yeah, definitely like Spurs' moves. Lucas Moore has been playing like shit. So, um, Gareth Bale stepping in there is going to be an instant upgrade. Same with Sergio Raleon. Uh You guys heard last episode how we felt about that. that it's only going to get better for them. Um, transfer that I really think is scary for, for Man City in terms of fighting for the title is uh, – Diogo Jota gets done to Liverpool as well. Uh, wow. I did yeah. not see that coming. I thought he was an integral part to Wolves. Uh, he, he's, he's a great wide player slash striker. Just a, another one of those Mane Salah depth pieces. Um, I think it's going to only improve them. And uh, that that's a great signing in my opinion. And another good signing that I liked uh, in our preview show, we said that Palace had trouble at goalkeeper not palace Villa had trouble at goalkeeper doesn't need to get someone done Miliano Martinez from Arsenal who personally he had a better end of the season than Leno did last year and um Villa were able to get him for 19 mil I have it and um that's a steal that's a steal for a solid goalkeeper I think he's gonna go in there and compete right away for that spot and um Another move that I like, the Batman going back home. Mishi Batshuayi going to give IU and Zaha some help. Uh, that's only only going to mean good things. I think he's a player suited for that caliber of club. Chelsea was a step too high. Uh, so he, he fits in at Selhurst Park, I think, pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely like that. uh the Bachuai signing. I think he's going to help uh, ease the load that's on Zaha at the moment, you know, and that's going to help Townsend because now there's two guys to focus on. And rather than, well, now there's three guys to focus on, sorry, rather than just the two. And that's going to create more space for him to allow him to be the creative player that I think he enjoys to be. So I really do like that move. Um, And I think this one is the final completed deal that we touched on earlier. You know, the Mendy to Chelsea. Great signing by Chelsea. Um, It's competition for one of the weaker positions on the field. So addressing areas of need is always key. Uh, Mendy is slightly injury or not injury, error prone. So I don't really know what um, or how he's going to change that if he's going to adapt to the new league and be better with errors but uh big frame 6-6 six, six, big guy shot stopper um but we'll see we'll see if he gets any game time over Kepa on meaningful games and if he does that could be something to uh, follow and maybe Kepa's headed out uh, in January or the summer yeah so, if
0: anybody want to take on those wages
1: yeah 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 um it's it's gonna be It's it's going to be interesting at Chelsea with that goalkeeper battle. I'd keep an eye on it. Um, But as for some more speculation, Arsenal, uh, are they ever really going to sign anyone? No one ever knows. But they did have a uh, boost in the party deal with Atletico because Atletico Madrid do want to sign Torreira as part of the deal. Unlike Mm -hmm. the Awa with the Guendouzi where the phone was literally hung up on Arsenal. Um, there's actually a player involved going the other way that seems to be wanted by the <laughs> Atletico Madrid. So, party may be closer than most people think. Um, we'll have to keep another eye out on that one. This would be a big boost to Arsenal's midfield. I think he would come in and instantly make them a better team. Um, we'll see. We'll see. That could be a major signing for him. I'd like it if they made it, it'd be cool. Um, then. Moving on to Leeds, two speculative deals in the works here. One, uh, they're very close to sealing steal, the Lorente deal, uh, twenty million on the Spanish defender. Um, that'll help them. You know, it's gonna. You always need defenders. You always need players of quality in your squad, and that's like we touched on earlier. They're not very deep, so just getting this depth in will help, and uh, hopefully that'll help them shore up the back that looked a little shaky. So that could be good. And then the other one, which, which I don't know how true it is, given it came out right after the debacle that went down with United. But Dan James is apparently a Leeds target, and they are willing to pay up to $12 million for the Welsh Sonic. So maybe Dan James is on his way out of Old Trafford. Maybe it's a loan deal with an obligation to buy maybe it's nothing but just some uh just some news to keep an eye out for in the coming days.
0: I don't I don't really like that Dan James sign in the leads, man like I I get it I guess because he, he probably can run around the pitch all day too mm-hmm. but the thing is Elder Costa was so goddamn clinical at the left man he was yeah. putting away every shot he got so I it, but um they definitely need Lorente in that dressing room sooner rather than later. Also, last um, last piece of transfer news, we got Under. Forgot about Under. How do, how do you think he competes in Leicester?
1: Oh, yes. Um, I think great signing. Great signing. Um, he's talented. He's super young. So I think it's – I like it. It's going to be tough. You know, Premier League is always a big jump. So I guess we'll see what they do. But, you know – Love it, kind of.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think, you know, signing. depth signing, you know, yeah. low risk, high reward. It's exactly. a three plus 30 loan to buy. So if he doesn't work out, just boot his ass back to Rome. No problem. No yeah. harm done, you know. Exactly. So and going to knock on wood real quick. Brandon Aronson to RB Salzburg. Hopefully, hopefully it gets done soon. But maybe it's more MLS trying to negotiate a twenty fucking million dollar fee or something crazy yeah. for a player in a league that isn't too developed yet. But uh, you know, let's hope he gets this done and gets out. Of, gets out of America sooner rather than later, even though he is absolutely carrying the Philly Union on his back.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, another American piece of transfer news: Sergio Dest on his way to either Bayern or Barcelona um crazy stuff uh gonna have another american at a top tier club and just awesome i think he's going to byron i thought he's going to byron a couple months ago uh so hopefully that sticks up and holds through um because barcelona did just sign max Ahrens from norwich or have agreed to personal terms huh? not signed not uh, agreed way. to personal teams yeah yeah um I think it is a loan with an obligation to buy that is being tossed around or it's around $25 million. So not a bad deal for Barcelona. Um, although Dest is around the same money. I guess it just depends on who they like more. And Dest did post a picture on Instagram in a location that I cannot pronounce, so I'm not going to try to. Moral Sorry. of the story, it's in Germany, and it was the exact oh. location or Bayern Munich had their photo shoot for Oktoberfest Whoa. on the same day.
0: That's a nugget. That's a,
1: that's nugget. a nugget. That's a nugget. That's a, so that's
0: to Bayern. That's to Bayern. That's to
1: Bayern. I don't that's know. To Bayern. Uh, we'll that's see. Bayern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Always love to see Americans getting their big move, getting a uh, getting their jump over, getting getting their jump up. So you know, hopefully, Aronson and Des can find the right path and start making a name for themselves at big clubs at bigger clubs.
0: All right. All right. Speaking of Americans, the only thing better than Americans on the moves is Americans moving their foot through the ball, banging in fucking goals like Gio Reyna. Let's talk about the boys in the red light, white and blue. Who were you more, more impressed with this week? Weston McKinney's debut or Gio Reyna
1: scoring his first goal. Ah, uh, this is a tough one. You know, I I'm gonna give it to Weston. No no discredit whatsoever to Gio. Seventeen years old, bagging a Bundesliga goal. Good job, awesome job, dude, great job. But McKinney showing up to one of the biggest clubs in the world, the old lady Juventus, starting playing ninety, not controlling but doing his job, putting in an absolute shift, going in for tackles, getting shots. Maybe should have had a goal or two. Dude, he Maybe. could
0: have. He could have, man. Yeah. Some of those shots, ooh, yeah. just So close. He made a great save on
1: one. So yeah, we'll see. But uh, I, I'm definitely going to give it to McKinney. Great game, great debut. You know, he played it simple, played it safe, which you kind of can expect from a debut like at a big club like that, especially when he's only been there for about two weeks. So good for him. But, again, Reyna, great, great goal, great job. Future's yours, kid. So, uh what do you think? Who would you pick out of the two?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely gonna have to go with Weston again, just because, like you said, he was active in the midfield. He went into tackles, won the ball back, and four for five on long balls too. Uh, I didn't think that was something he had in this game. I don't know if it's gonna be sustained, but uh, that was that was a good debut for him. Gio Reyna, wonderful goal, but uh you've been there, so that's why I give it to Weston. He's uh, it's a new year. Um shout out Gio for the new contract too. About a day ago. He re-upped with Dortmund, gonna get that big money. Buy mom a car, even though he's from Greenwich slash Rye. Um he he probably already has a nice car. So maybe I don't know. I don't know. A he, nicer he, car. Nicer <laughs> car. There you go. Maybe cop the Maserati. Aww. I don't know. I like him. But um another another guy who played well this weekend. Maybe not well, well, but he played all right. We're talking about Tyler Adams, 95% passing, 100% on his long balls, four for four, won four ground duels out of eight. So didn't show up on, He made four tackles as well. Didn't really show up on the stat sheet, um, you know, winning a man in the match last week. It's hard to uh, replicate that, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he did his job and he did his job well. Uh, so I'm I'm impressed with him as well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, doing your job is the, the main focus. I mean, you look at American football, uh, Bill Belichick, you do your job, he loves you. You do your job mm-hmm. well, he loves you even more. So, you know, great from Tyler Adams to be able to be consistent for his team. You know, always putting in a solid outing is key. And especially, he's still very young, you know, around our age. So, um, crazy. Just, yeah. It's ridiculous. And he's putting in performances like that 95% passing and we can't even do it on FIFA yeah. and just good for him. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's good. And who, who's the other player you said? I'm slipping my mind, Tyler Adams. and No, just,
0: uh, just Tyler Adams. I oh, was, okay. was looking at Daryl DK stats for the weekend. We're not going to talk about him. Not a good game. He didn't really get on the ball too much, but uh, he—he's young. He's young and he needs to move. Same with Aronson.
1: Same, same with Sergeant. Um,
0: same with. Oh yeah, Ace, how did he play?
1: Yeah, he played. I guess okay. You know, his heat map shows that he was left back rather than the striker. So that's huh. never—that's never good for the team. No. Um, but yeah, no. Um, he. I mean. He did what he started. He started. He couldn't really do much. Can't. Do a oh strike. shit! Four
0: one to Hertha. Yeah. Damn.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't really wasn't really the best for them. Um, but hey, Americans playing—that's the big thing.
0: Yeah, um, getting this good experience.
1: Yeah, hopefully Timo Weah sees some more minutes in the upcoming weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Get some time up top. And maybe, just maybe, you know, a little bit of hope, a little bit of some-some, a little bit of fairy dust. Conrad De La Fuente gets some minutes for Barcelona, and uh, the world spins happily ever after. Um, All right. And, Anything else with the Stars and Stripes? Yeah, just going to touch on the the bad performances or lack of performances for the weekend. Two big ones in the Premier League. Yedlin, again, being left off the 18. We know a move is imminent to bestique us. So hopefully that goes through and we can see our boy playing again. But being out of the 18 again is not good, especially if that move falls through. And Tim Ream, right where he belongs on the bench. Uh, Good, good. You shouldn't play after the way you play in week one. Fulham looked defensively. I guess you can say they were worse. They allowed one more goal, but it wasn't as much as an eyesore. So, yeah, that's he. he, They passed the eye test, and Tim Ream did not. So, yeah, just some dark spots in American soccer this week. And I guess really it's only Yedlin because I don't think Tim Ream will play another game for the national team. He might be called up, but I don't think he should. I don't think he will. Um, There's definitely younger and better players around the world that can do what he can do. For sure. I'd hope. we better. <laughs> we better have them right. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's all the all the news on Los Americanos this week. Um, all
0: right. Ones. So you want to move on to calling the games this weekend? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's let's knock that one out.
0: <clears throat> all right. First game of the weekend, kicking off your Saturday morning. Brighton Hove Albion taking on Manchester United. Um i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and say this right now'm gonna say this right now I may actually wake up at six thirty in the morning to check this lineup before I bet this game i will but if it's if it's a weak lineup again, then I got brighton in this one it's um it's it's plus money and Brighton looks really really good united looked really really bad and um I think until you know, I, I think until Brighton starts dropping games or proving me otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet them like a legit club. And uh, the one glaring weakness that no matter what your lineup is is going to be exposed. Luke Shaw on Tariq Lamptey, that's not gonna be good. That's gonna be an all day affair. He's gonna be ragging them up and down the sideline. Brighton at plus three ninety right now. I actually cannot resist that. i'm betting brian
1: what do you think um i think we'll see a normal hope i'm hoping but i think we'll see a normal united lineup out there this week um and if we do see that they they're better than Brighton, and they need to freaking act like it so uh i don't know who i'd pick again it's super lineup oriented if we see the same team as last week no like avoid them at all costs but Again, we gotta wait and see. All
0: right. Next, we got Crystal Palace at home to Everton. Uh, you know, Palace have looked good, but I think Everton have looked better. Can they get another win? I I think so because I think they're gonna I think they're gonna control possession in this game. They're gonna get their shots off. Uh, it's up to Yuri Mina and Michael Keane to keep it clean at the back for Zaha. But I think Everton comes away with the win in this one, and they're plus one ten. So I, I like those. I like that risk reward.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I do think uh, Everton comes out with the win here. Um, they have the playmakers to attack and break down a low block. So I think um, Pal- the way Palace plays will fit right into it. Sitting back, don't want possession. I think that'll favor to Everton, and I think I see them winning uh, pretty comfortably in this one.
0: All right, next game on the weekend, West Brom at home to Chelsea. Uh, despite the the goalkeeper issues, I think Chelsea controls possession and gets this win.
1: Yeah. yeah, Chelsea definitely should walk out of here with three points, and I think they should do it comfortably.
0: Yeah, West Brom is bad. They're, they're bad.
1: Yeah. They're not good. They're, yeah, they're not
0: good. Yeah. All right, now we got Burnley versus Southampton. Oof. Um I don't know. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a draw in this one or under two and a half, whichever is better money. Probably the draw. But I don't think there's gonna be a lot of goals because I think again Southampton's gonna control the possession. They're gonna try and pass it around, but at the end of the day, even if it's not Tarkovsky and me back there, they still got Nick Pope. And uh, the kind of shots Southampton have been ripping these last few games, uh, that's not going to be good enough to beat Nick Pope. Uh, that being said, Burnley's not going to have a ton of time on the ball. Their best chance is probably to go at it like Spurs. Maybe they can nick a goal, um, 1-1, 2-0 either way. But I think I think I like the draw here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um also going to be a pretty boring game. I my opinion, I don't know, I couldn't call this one on win or loser or tie, but I I'd have to agree with you on say it's a draw, but I don't know. This one gets me.
0: Yeah, I might I might even go double chance on Burnley to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I uh, I just don't like how Southampton look. Yeah. Um next game on the weekend. Must-see TV every time they play. Sheffield United at home to Leeds United. Um, Leeds United are currently priced at plus 160, while Sheffield is plus 170. Mm-mm-mm, that's some disrespectful nonsense. Uh, there's going to be no John Egan in the back, and I think Leeds are just going to gonna rip another dub. Maybe Sheffield yeah. United gets more goals than they usually would because Leeds is leaking at the back. But um, I think this is three
1: points for Leeds. I agree. I agree. We're going to see a good leads team against Sheffield who are not playing well, so definitely yeah. leads all the way.
0: And they're missing their starting center back. That's a, yeah. not a recipe against a team that's going to go at you for 90 minutes, you know? No. Nah. All right, next we got Tottenham at home to Newcastle United. I got Tottenham in this one easy. Uh, they're yeah. minus 230 right now, so not, like, great odds on that, but uh, – Newcastle look really shaky in the back. Tottenham's going to be able to control possession in this game, rip a lot of shots at them, and hopefully Kane and Son are on the money and uh, maybe we see a debut by some of the new signings even. Uh, I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, yeah, but I definitely like Tottenham in this one. I don't think Newcastle has a snowball's chance in hell here. Um, but, yeah, definitely, definitely Spurs all the way for me. All
0: right. Spurs all the way. And next we have Manchester City at home to Leicester City. Um, This game kind of scares me just given, like, how good Leicester have been playing. But on the other side of that, I was super, super duper impressed with Man City this weekend. Um, I think we're going to kick their ass, but – if you don't want to bet on a money line, over two and a half is probably a really safe bet for this game. There's gonna be goals. Um, but I I I definitely like Man City to win. To win a pretty convincingly at that as well. Maybe like 3-1.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. This is City's game. And I think uh they'll play like it. I think the over is definitely a safe bet, like you said.
0: All right. Um next game on the weekend, West Ham United at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers, Battle of the W's. Um I I would lean Wolves in this game. But that being said, West Ham was only a few conversions away from from winning their match. Um no, never mind. I like Wolves in this game. I'm looking at the history. Wolves have won four straight. I like Wolves in this game.
1: Uh yeah, uh I think Wolves played better comparatively to West Ham. West Ham were not Good enough against Arsenal. And um, I think Wolves are the same quality of opponent. And um, if they can't put away their chances, they're going to end up losing this one. And last week gave me no hope that they can. So I like Wolves in this one as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Next, we got two bottom table sides Fulham versus Aston Villa. Um. I think I, think I want to go with the over in this game. I don't really know why. It's just these these games have had a lot of goals, and like my first thought is under two and a half. But then I'm like, no, over two and a half, because that's been the theme, man. That has been the theme that lost us a bit of money last week. If I had to pick one of these teams, I think Fulham is the better squad. They look super lively in the second half of the Leeds game. And if they go at Aston Villa like that, Aston Villa is going to be forced to sit back and play defense against a better team, in my opinion, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Areola picks it up next week too. Probably keeps keeps it under two goals scored. Um, I don't really know where to go with this game, to be honest, but maybe over one and a half.
1: Yeah, um I like Villa in this one. Um I think they're I think they're better than Fulham. I think um I think they'll win. I just don't know. I could definitely see 1-0, but I think Villa will win this one.
0: All right. Next we got last game of the weekend, Liverpool at home to Mikhail Arteta and the boys. Um, this is, you know, this is going to be a test for Arsenal. Let's see how good these guys really are. And yeah. I'm going to give you my answer on that. Not that good. I think Liverpool wins this by at least two goals, 3-1, 2-0, however you want to call it. Um, I think this is going to be the first time we see Arsenal fucking it up, playing out the back. That This is my hot take for the game. Arsenal trying to play it out the back is going to lead to Salah or Mane nicking the ball off them and scoring an easy-ass goal. I think this is the first time it happens. It's going to be a constant theme throughout the season, something that they're going to be able to overcome most of the time because they're going to be a goal-scoring club. But um, I definitely think Liverpool wins this. Probably would go with over 2.5 as well.
1: Yeah. um, I know this one's tough for me, so I don't think – I don't think I'll give a definitive one a definitive answer. But, you know, Arteta has a history of playing well against better sides. You know, he's done it to City. Uh, He's done it to Chelsea. That was a fluke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, he took Ollie's blueprint on how to beat the bigger teams and the better teams and ran with it. So um, if he can do that again, I think Liverpool are going to have a much tougher time than they are thinking they're going to have. So we'll see. I don't want to, I don't know. This one's a little wonky for me. Um, But yeah, listen to Walker.
0: Yeah. I I like Liverpool in this one, man. I I really, I think they're going to win. Some, some updates before we go in the EFL cup, it's going on as we speak. Um, West Brom is in a 2-2 battle with Brentford in the 85th minute. Brentford, they look really, really good so far. They're taking it to teams in the Premier League two weeks in a row now. I think they're going to be back up. Look for them next year. Uh, West Ham United seems to be finishing better, although with a slightly changed lineup. We got 3-0 against, albeit, Hull City. Not too impressive, but... um, Sebastian Alec got on the board, and so did Robert Snodgrass, and those are people that play for them on a consistent basis. And then we have Manchester United. It's only 30 minutes in, so, you know.
1: They're dominating.
0: But it's 0-0. They're dominating. All right, man. I, I don't know. I I, I would have I liked to see some quicker goals against Lutton Town, but that's just me. Um, you got process. anything else? Trust the – no, um, would fuck the process, bro. <laughs> fuck Sam Hinke. It Sidebar, this is a different so Walker Manning, Philly sidebar. Um, if the Miami Heat somehow go to the finals, everybody in the Sixers front office, maybe even ownership, needs to resign immediately. I don't know how an owner can resign, but you need to sell the team. Everybody needs to get the hell out.
1: Sell the team oh to the city God. of Philly.
0: Yeah, losing Jimmy is bad. Uh, Philly's going to burn. Anything else going on in your – anything going on in your sports life you want to talk about?
1: Um, The Giants looked okay in the second half. That's cool. That's always cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Saquon got hurt. That's never cool. Not cool. Um, The Mets are, I think, officially eliminated from the playoffs, so my heart attack rate – or my heart attack likeliness will probably go down with them. That's always good. Stevie Cohen's in town. Uh, The Savior. The
0: Lord and Savior.
1: Yeah, yeah, but other than that, just United making my life hell. And I wouldn't have it any other way, sarcastically speaking.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that. I definitely feel that. All right. That just about does it from us. Thank you for everybody who listened to this episode and to the previous episode. Once again, we really appreciate your support. Uh, let's hope you do better on gambling this week and uh we'll see y'all next week on the we call it soccer show
1: thank you guys take care
0: wake up wake up wake up wake up wake up up. Yeah. yeah gotta hit the butt to make me focus Lyrics flowing out like hocus
1: pocus I don't even really need to talk this to focus I'm just trying to get rid of the locust, you know this